A dire situation is forming at the running back position for Shane Beamer and this Gamecock coaching staff, which means it's time that this staff created some offensive packages for Lenore Sellers. You are Locked On Gamecocks, your daily podcast on the South Carolina Gamecocks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Gamecock Nation, and welcome back to the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. I'm Andrew Lyon, the host of this podcast and a staff writer for Gamecocks Digest over on SI.com. Thank y'all so much for making the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast your first watch or listen for your team here today. We are free and available both on YouTube and wherever you get your audio podcasts daily. Today's show is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LockdownCollege for $20 off your first purchase. Shane Beamer and the South Carolina Gamecocks, they had some depth issues at the running back position going all the way back to spring practice. It is why then wide receiver to carry on wound up moving to the running back position in order to help them alleviate some of those issues. And they also brought in Newberry transfer running back Mario Anderson Jr., which turned out in hindsight, to be a fantastic move by this staff. But now, death issues are arising at this position once again, this time because of injuries. And with the questions surrounding the death at this position, heading into what is a must-win game against the Kentucky Wildcats for obvious reasons, Shane Beamer and this coaching staff need to make Lenore Sellers a bigger part of their offensive game plan this coming week. So for those of you who are not up to date on the current situation at the running back spot, here's a quick little catch up on that. Juju McDowell broke one of his collarbones against the Vanderbilt Commodores this past Saturday. Beamer said immediately after the game in his post-game press conference that Juju McDowell is done for the season. So he is no longer going to be a part of this rotation, at least for 2023's sake. To carry on Joyner, he had to lead the game against Jacksonville State with a lower body injury, what looked to be potentially a foot or ankle injury, and from what I could tell, he was strolling around on a scooter the entire time during South Carolina's Week 11 matchup against the Vanderbilt Commodores, which, in my opinion, is not a very good sign, especially if he was not putting any weight on that foot at all. Now, Shepard did say that he is questionable for this week, but he sort of kind of grouped him in together with a bunch of other guys like Kaysen Henry and Trey Jones and basically dudes that have been out of the lineup now for the past week or so. So South Carolina, as of this very moment, unless something drastically changes, they are down to two scholarship backs that are healthy, or at least healthy enough to play, in Mario Anderson Jr. and Dontavious Braswell. Their third back as of right now, it seems, would be walk-on Bradley Dunn, who has four career carries attached to his name, and three of them came against Vanderbilt just two days ago. Now, some fans might sit there and think, well, Andrew, if the running back situation is in such dire straits, then maybe it would be okay for Dow Loggins and this offensive coaching staff to just decide to air the ball out against the Kentucky Wildcats and kind of just stray away from running the football if it's in such a predicament. 
The reason why you cannot do that is because when you get supremely predictable about your offensive play calling in the sense that you're going to throw the football a ton, defensive coordinators, especially in the SEC and at the NFL level, they're going to pick up on these tendencies very quickly. And when they know that you're just going to throw the ball most of the time, it makes it much easier for them to dial up play calls and to try to find ways to get after your quarterback. So, this is where Lenore Sellers comes into play. Lenore Sellers has only played two games up to this point in the season. He played against the Furman Paladins all the way back in week two, which now seems like ages ago, and he played this past weekend against the Vanderbilt Commodores, although he did not throw a single pass. It was basically two or three handoffs to Bradley Dunn, and then he decided to basically apparently make his own read option play and took a you know, fake handoff, 36 yards for a touchdown against Vanderbilt at the very end of the ball game. But Lenore Sellers needs to get some more plays in this offensive playbook this coming weekend against Kentucky. Why is that? Well, with Lenore Sellers out there on the football field, what he has shown in terms of his athleticism, weak side defensive ends and edge defenders out of that Kentucky defense would have to respect his running ability at all times. In essence, you're taking one box defender out of the play every single time because they have to look out for the possibility of it being potentially a zone read option or maybe just your conventional read option from Lenore Sellers. Also, Lenore Sellers is quite literally listed six foot three, 245 pounds. The man is a tank, but he doesn't move like a tank. He moves like he is dang near a running back. He's got legit 4'6", 4'5", 5'-ish speed, and I might be underestimating that. So he wouldn't be brought down very easily in one-on-one situations. I did mention just a second ago, Sellers does have some film, but he doesn't have a whole lot. So you can get a bit creative here. If this was the first game that you put him out there in terms of significant snaps in a football game, And lastly, you're at the point in the season where Lenore Sellers, he's only played two games. You've got two regular season games remaining and then potentially a bowl game if you get six wins or you have a high enough APR score as a 5-7 and team and you manage to get pushed into one after the regular season. Either way, Lenore Sellers will not lose his red shirt at this point if you put him out there on the football field. If your running back situation is what it is right now when you play Kentucky on Saturday night, if you want to win this football game or give yourself a better chance to win this football game, you need to put Lenore Sellers out there on the football field. And again, I'm not advocating for them to bench Spencer Rattler. I'm not advocating for Lenore Sellers to play like half the football game against Kentucky. But it would not hurt just to give him a few plays here and there. Don't make them all run plays. Give him a couple play action plays. Give him a couple passing plays. So that Kentucky has to respect it. It would behoove this entire staff if they were to do this. But again, we obviously are not there at practice. We're not inside the building, inside the film room. We don't know how far along Lenore Sellers is in terms of his maybe um, his mental makeup 
in terms of playing college football compared to playing just high school football just a year ago. So, there could be a reason why he has not gotten more playing time to this point besides the fact that Spencer Rattler is probably at this point the best quarterback you've ever had from a talent standpoint in school history. But if you are trying to win these games against Kentucky and Clemson, Lenore Sellers, it would, in my opinion, be a great idea to get him out there and give them something different. Put an extension of the run game in your playbook by having a unicorn of an athlete at running back, but a guy that can also beat guys with his arm as well. So we'll see if that winds up being the case from Shane Beamer, Dow Loggins, and this entire Gamecock offensive coaching staff when South Carolina takes the field against the Kentucky Wildcats this coming Saturday night. Now, speaking of Kentucky, we're going to go over a couple of different aspects of this football team in just a couple moments. We're going to talk about how the Gamecocks might be able to get them in terms of their explosive plays that they put together offensively. We're going to talk about how Kentucky seems to struggle defending the pass, and also why this football team, this might be the worst possible time for them to be playing a road game at this point in the season. We're going to dive into all of that in just a couple moments right here on Locked on Gamecocks. Today's show is brought to you by Game Time. Now, as we'll discuss in just a little bit, Don Staley and Savcon's women's basketball team, they've been absolutely killing it on the hardwood so far this season. They've already scored 100 points or more twice against top 15 opponents nonetheless. And they're playing their arch rivals in the Clemson Tigers on Thursday night here at the CLA. South Carolina, if they're beating top 15 teams by 30, 40 plus points, who knows how badly they're going to beat the Tigers in Columbia just a couple of days from now. If you're interested in checking out that basketball game, then be sure to snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off your first purchase. Terms do apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest prices, guaranteed. Welcome back to this Monday edition of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, where we cover your team every single day. And as always, a big thank you to each and every one of you everydayers who make the Locked On Gamecocks podcast your daily watch on YouTube or your daily listen wherever you get your audio podcast daily. Looking at the Kentucky Wildcats, South Carolina's upcoming opponent here on the gridiron, this could be a great opportunity for Spencer Rattler and the Gamecocks offense, because Kentucky, when it comes to their pass defense, they're not really all that impressive. Now, I will give the Wildcats this. They do not give up at least big-time explosive plays very easily. As a matter of fact, the Wildcats rank 35th or better nationally in terms of 40-plus yard explosive plays given up in college football. The Gamecocks offense, on the other hand, ranks in the top 25 nationally in explosive plays of 30-plus yards. So, South Carolina, really good at pushing the ball down the field. Kentucky, they're a little bit better at stopping big-time passing plays. So, something's going to have to give 
in that regard. But there might be a reason why Kentucky is so good at preventing deep passes from taking place. Because while Kentucky is solid at not giving up the big explosive plays, they rank 92nd nationally in average passing yards allowed. They're giving up an average of 241.3 passing yards per game this season. That is the fourth worst mark in the SEC. And what that tells me is Kentucky, from a schematic standpoint, they might be employing a certain coverage to where it is hard to throw the football down the field. And essentially, they give up a lot of space and ground underneath. Which, obviously, as Dow Loggins has shown up to this point in the season, he is more than willing to just let Spencer Rattler kind of dink and dunk at the beginning of these football games if a defense that has usually got decent talent in Kentucky is going to use those kind of coverage schemes in their defense. Now, let's talk about quarterback Devin Leary and Kentucky's offense when it comes to scoring points. Starting off with Devin Leary. Devin Leary was a highly touted transfer for the Wildcats this past offseason coming from NC State. He was a guy that was in a lot of people's top fives in terms of SEC quarterback rankings before this season began. But it hasn't been quite the season I think many Wildcat fans envision Leary having. And the thing about Devin Leary is... He has not played very well for this team when Kentucky has been on the road. In the Wildcats' three road games that they have played against the Vanderbilt Commodores, the Georgia Bulldogs, and the Mississippi State Bulldogs, Devin Leary is completing 49.4% of his passes for 489 total passing yards, five passing touchdowns, and two interceptions. Now, admittedly, you know, We have to take into account that his receivers might have dropped some passes. Obviously, one of those games was against the Georgia Bulldogs, arguably the best team still in the entire sport right now. So, I could see where maybe Leary would complete about 60-58% to of his passes, but 49.4%, that's like if a quarterback 10-15 years ago was completing around 40-35% to of his passes. That is not a good mark, no matter how you want to slice it. So it's very clear that Devin Leary, for one reason or another, he just struggles when he is not playing at Kroger Field. And the other thing is this. This Kentucky offense has struggled to score on their own when they have played away from their home venue. They have been spotted a ton of points when you look at these three road games that they have played. Let's start off with their game against Georgia. Kentucky only scored 13 points. Obviously, not many points spotted in this one, but they did get one touchdown because of the fact that Georgia threw an interception and Kentucky got the ball right outside of the Bulldogs' red zone. Basically, right at Georgia's like 28-27 yard line. So they had a very short field that they had to drive in order to score a touchdown on that particular possession. Moving on to the Mississippi State game. The Wildcats scored 24 points against the Bulldogs of the SEC West. Doesn't sound all that bad, right? Well, it's a little bit worse when you consider the fact that Kentucky had a pick six from their defense. And they also had two touchdown drives start at their own 37 and 38 yard lines. Fantastic field position for any offense in the sport of football. And then the most egregious one when it comes to being spotted points 
probably comes from their game against Vanderbilt because if you just look at the box score, Kentucky scored 45 points in that football game. That sounds like that Devin Leary, Ray Davis, and that entire offense, they just had a fantastic outing, correct? Well, that's not exactly what happened in this game. The Commodores threw two pick sixes to the Wildcats defense and another interception from Vanderbilt set Kentucky up at the Commodores' 11-yard line, basically almost first and goal right from the jump. So basically, Clark Lee's Vanderbilt squad spotted Kentucky 21 points. I know I'm playing a big game of coulda, shoulda, woulda, and obviously, you have to give them some credit for the fact that they did take advantage of some of these situations. But when you tell me that Vanderbilt scored, I'll say, I don't know, 82 points in these three road games, but you can argue that about 35 to 42 of them were basically given to them by their opponent, in my opinion, that tells me that you are not a good offense on the road. You're not a team that makes things happen very easily for yourselves. In essence, you're like South Carolina's offense from 2022. The Gamecocks won a good amount of football games, especially in the middle stretch of the 2022 season, but in all honesty, the reason why that they won some of those games was because their defense forced a lot of turnovers and their special teams unit was playing out of their minds last season. It wasn't because of the offense. We're seeing the same kind of situation play out here for the Kentucky Wildcats. And here's the other thing. When I look at the road games that they've played to this point, again, they've played Vanderbilt, Georgia, and Mississippi State. Now, Sanford Stadium, home of the Georgia Bulldogs, that's a pretty solid home atmosphere in the SEC. I'm not going to say like top four or three, but it's certainly in the top half. Mississippi State, the Cowbells, it's definitely unique. I don't necessarily put it up there as the top home environment. I would probably say it's about middle of the pack. And Vanderbilt, I mean, it's Vanderbilt. That's like the worst home environment in the entire SEC, if not all of Power 5 football. South Carolina is getting a night game on Saturday. Sandstorm is going to be blaring. Darude is going to be there. The Gamecocks are going to the game knowing that they have to win. And you're telling me that Devin Leary has not played all that great. And as long as South Carolina does not make a bunch of self-inflicted mistakes, which admittedly they have made at times in some of these home games, but as long as it doesn't happen in bunches, they're probably going to be just fine in terms of the final score. Looking at some of these stats, I feel a lot more confident in the possibility of South Carolina winning this football game on Saturday. And I haven't even looked at any of Kentucky's games from the 2023 season to this point early on in the week. So my opinion could shift even more towards the Gamecocks side of things as far as how I think that this matchup is going to play out. Kentucky, I gave a lot of credit in my reaction show from the Vanderbilt game this past weekend I might give him a bit too much credit. I'm just going to be completely honest. So certainly really interesting stats right here, really interesting numbers, and we're definitely going to find a lot more about Kentucky as this week continues to progress. But South Carolina did not just win big on the football field this past weekend. They also won big 
on the hardwood, particularly on Sunday afternoon when Don Staley and her Gamecocks took on the number 14 ranked Maryland Terrapins. What did they validate in that performance and what is so impressive about this team? Or at least one of the things that's very impressive about this team. We're going to touch on all that in just a few moments right here on Locked on Gamecocks. Today's show is also brought to you by Jace Medical. Now, we spend a lot of time talking together, you and I. We get fired up together on wins and losses, who starts and who sits. And I'm thankful for the connection that we all have. And today, I want our chat to be a little bit more personal. I just learned that you can get a one-year supply on ED medications. Do you realize what that means? Bring on extended travel. Bring on the next natural disaster or supply chain issue. No matter what, you, my friend, are going to be covered because you don't have to worry about whether or not you can refill your generics for Cialis or Viagra. And this is possible because of our friends over at Jace Medical. Go online right now at jacemedical.com to receive your 12-month supply on your daily medication. Remember to use promo code LOCKEDON at checkout for a discount as well. Welcome back to today's edition of the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast. We cover your South Carolina Gamecocks every single day in just 30 minutes. I know we're just two games into the 2023-24 season here for Don Staley and South Carolina's women's basketball team. But y'all, I've seen enough and I'm sure you've all seen enough to be able to say that this is no longer a team that can just suffocate you defensively and on the glass. This is now a team that can run you up and down the floor, offensively speaking. Against the number 10 Notre Dame Fighting Irish in Paris just a week ago, the Gamecocks had a really solid outing on the offensive end of the floor. They scored 100 points. They shot 54% from the field as a team. They shot 31% from three, which could have been a little bit better. But five Gamecocks at the end of that game scored in double figures, or 10 points or more. And somehow, some way, the team found a way to top that yesterday afternoon at the CLA against the number 14-ranked Maryland Terrapins, one of the better basketball programs in this entire sport. They scored 114 points on the Maryland Terrapins, shot 52% from the field as a team, 50% from three, and they took like 22 to 24 three-point attempts. It wasn't like they just took six. They took 20-plus, and they hit half of them. And seven Gamecocks finished the game in double figures scoring-wise. I was not able to watch the entire game that South Carolina played against Maryland on Sunday afternoon. But I did go back and watch basically all of the main highlights from the game. What blows me away, and I'm sure that I've already mentioned this on the show, so you're not hearing anything different probably, but what really blows my mind about this team is just how many shooters that they now have on this squad. I'm just going to rattle a bunch of players real quick. Bree Hall. Tahina Pow Pow, Raven Johnson, Tessa Johnson, Malaysia Full Wiley. Those five players right there, they all can shoot the three ball 
at such a high clip. This is the best three-point shooting team that Don Staley possibly has ever had in her entire career here in Columbia. Obviously, championships are not won solely on the backs of three-point shooting. So, at some point, South Carolina, they are going to have to grow in other areas. For example, they start off the game quite frantically. Their game against Maryland, that is. They, at times, rushed their shots. They took some uh, low-percentage shots. They ended up getting some really unnecessary fouls because of just how much they were trying to push the pace, offensively speaking. And for the first 15-18 minutes of this basketball game, give Maryland credit. They were playing pretty well, and the game was pretty doggone close. Then South Carolina got about a 10-plus point lead heading into halftime, and then the second half, they just flat-out overwhelmed the Maryland Terrapins. But it wasn't always pretty to start off. And the other thing is this. Camilla Cardoso, she's in her third year in this program. I know it's her first year being basically the focal point of the front court for South Carolina. And obviously, that's different. The expectation level is now different. Camilla Cardoso, she, I'm not sure what it is with these first two games. She's had a bit of trouble corralling certain rebounds at times early on in these games. And also, she's gotten off to a very slow start in both of these games. She's got to work on getting off to better starts. I'm not saying that that means she's got to have 10 plus rebounds by halftime, but it cannot be that in the first 20 minutes or so, the guards are having to shoot well. Not just because, obviously, you know, they have certain plays that work out in their favor, but also because Camilla Cardoso is just not doing enough down low. Now, obviously, again, that's not all on her. These teams and the way that they are creating their defensive game plans, it is dictated on what Camilla Cardoso is doing. You're seeing them play a ton of zone, and these teams are basically saying, we still think that you're the South Carolina Gamecocks of old. We're going to dare you to shoot as many three-pointers as you would like to because we don't think you can hit all of them. Notre Dame tried that. It did not work out well for him. Maryland tried that, and clearly it did not work out well for him. So the exciting part if you're a Gamecock fan and the dangerous part if you're a women's college basketball fan that maybe pulls for somebody else is that South Carolina, for so long, this was a team that won because they played great defense and they rebounded quite well. But this past year in the Final Four, they finally faced someone that they legitimately could not stop, no matter what they did. And I say that in a very respectful way because nobody's been able to find a way to stop her. And that is Caitlin Clark. It's how they got knocked out of the Final Four. And I know that it wasn't just that one game that caused some of these changes in terms of, you know, roster composition and offensive philosophy from Don Staley. It's not like she tore up her entire blueprint and said, we got to start from scratch. And she didn't have to. But the impressive part about what Don Staley and the staff are doing right now is they have modified how they attack teams offensively. They have altered their strategy. They are altering their play calls and their sets in these games more around their guards because they have so many people that at any given time can get hot quickly and in a hurry. Not just shooting the basketball, but driving to the paint. And here's the other thing. 
these guards, a lot of these guards, they've also got great court vision. And they're not just trying to shoot threes as soon as they get in the ball game. They are more than willing to look for people on the opposite side of the court, weak side, try to throw cross-court passes, fire the ball inside when they see an opening for a Camila Cardoso, a Chloe Kitts, or a Sanaya Fagan. They still play team basketball, despite how many people, if they really wanted to, could probably just say, no, I think I'm just going to jack up a lot of shots today because I'm feeling it. That is so impressive. It speaks to the culture of the program. It speaks to Dawn Staley and her ability to balance, let's be honest, egos. When you've got like 10-plus McDonald's All-Americans on your college basketball team, let's just be truthful. You're going to have a lot of egos in the locker room. And you got to find a way to humble them and make sure that everybody kind of stays on the same page. That is not easy. There are plenty of other coaches that sit there and think probably, well, I could do just as good as her if I just had all her talent. Uh, No, you couldn't. Very few coaches can do what Don Staley does in terms of managing a team like that. So, bottom line, this team just continues to impress me in ways that I didn't think that they could. Uh, and, And again, that is a compliment to them. They are playing so well right now. And by the way, I'm just going to say, if they are not ranked number one when this AP poll comes out today, uh, it is criminal. Because Iowa sure as heck should not be in front of them. Yes, they beat number eight Virginia Tech. They beat them by just a few points. And let's be honest, because Caitlin Clark once again had a 40-point double-double. South Carolina, they shoot like that. There's nobody that can beat them. Literally nobody. I don't care who it is. Caitlin Clark and Iowa could rematch them. I would pick South Carolina, but I wouldn't pick him because of just defense. I'd pick him this time because I'd be like, okay, I was got Caitlin Clark. She'll probably score 40. That's fine. Um, how many of y'all can stop each of South Carolina's guards? You got more than two or three good defenders because you're going to need it against this team this year. You're going to need them. And I don't see many teams that have that kind of roster to compete with South Carolina, at least right now. Obviously, a long ways to go. We'll see if things change. But right now, they are the best team in women's college basketball. They lost one game in the Final Four last year. And yes, it was quite disappointing that they got knocked out the way they did. That doesn't take away from the fact that they are the standard still in this sport. And they will remain the standard in that sport, in my opinion, for a very long time. As long as Dawn Staley decides to coach here at South Carolina. But with that being said, that's going to do it for today's edition of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. I hope y'all thoroughly enjoyed today's show, as always. What are y'all's thoughts about the idea of Lenore Sellers getting some more plays called for him this coming Saturday against Kentucky and possibly against the Clemson Tigers? What are your initial thoughts on the Kentucky Wildcats and maybe some of the opportunities that Spencer Rattler and the rest of this team could have against Kentucky this coming Saturday? And lastly... Just how much has Don Staley's women's basketball team impressed you? Because, again, I'm just floored. Um, please keep coming up with different adjectives to just describe your emotions and feelings around that team. Let me know down below in the comments section if you watch today's show on YouTube or shoot a direct message on X at a line underscore SC if you listen to today's show on an audio podcast app. As always, thank you all so much for tuning in. Have a great rest of your Monday and a fantastic start to the work week. And I'll be sure to catch you all on the next show right here on the Locked On Gamecocks podcast.